Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Bring us in babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. Welcome to another edition of Coco Caliente. It's myself, Victor Arroyo, with my beautiful co-host, Nicole Franzel. I've never done that before, but that sounded cool. I hear people do that all the time on podcasts. Same Thank with, you for calling me beautiful. Yes. And same with like when people do uh, Coco Caliente is brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, you like that. <laughs> I like doing that from time to time. It makes me, I don't know, it makes it, it makes feel, you feel legit. It, yeah. Like when you hear people on the radio, I, you know, and we went to, remember when we went to do an interview at a radio station and yeah. he had like all those things going on? Mm-hmm. Like he had ads clicking on the screens, typing things in, looking at this. And he's like, oh, wait, I got to say something. And the weather today is brought to you by... Yeah, that's stressful. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot more... But I think he's been doing it for like 20 years. Imagine starting out and just starting out and not being able to mess up because you really can't... Like with this podcast, we can laugh it off. People know I'm like... Oh, and he's live. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, right, first day on the job, you know. Uh, The... uh, (sighs) Sorry, everyone. And I bet that didn't happen. No, and it well, it probably did. Everybody messes up. Nobody's perfect. No, but I bet you that it still wasn't bad because I heard this girl start recently on a radio station where we live, mm-hmm. and it, she like made a couple jokes, but it was still like really freaking good. Oh, uh, you know, you hear that in the background? It's your dryer. Yeah, my my clothes is dry. Hopefully, um, no, but yeah, it it. it it is. It's just really cool. I f- I always think like you oh, would I, do good at that. Job. I could be a radio host. Oh, for sure. But then I also thought it was just like the smooth beats is coming up next, hot and sexy summer, you and have then a, a great song voice. come on. No, but anyway, today we have something. Uh, we have we have an awesome guest. That's yeah. that's one. But also. Uh, Social media has been a big part of our life, inadvertently, actually, because it's not something that we chose to do. But right? it's something that I choose to do now. now. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't something no. that you're like, oh. I really want to happen. I'm going to be a social media star, right? <laughs> no, it was more like we're on Big Brother and actually, yeah, I'm on Big Brother and it's like, oh, wow, I have followers now. People actually like me. They're interested, which yeah, honestly- That was actually a cool feeling. I think after I got off the first time- mm-hmm. My Instagram was private, which totally... So you had to accept everybody individually? So I was totally cool about that because it was like at 30 and my mom had gone through and was like, I didn't have a Twitter or anything. And my mom would go through and like accept the people she knew were nice. (laughs) And then I was like, I don't even think she knew that you could make it not private. And just let everybody... So then I remember going back on the bus after Big Brother 16 and everyone's checking their follower count. And I'm like only at... 30,000 or whatever and everyone's so much higher but once I made that public it was just like boom boom and it was so cool to see to grow so fast because from it never happened again really I was never there to witness it because it was always public from there on out yeah 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 that but it was awesome what how how was your what did you do same thing was yours private no it was public um but just Seeing that, because it's one thing before you get out, mm-hmm. it grows a little bit. But once you're out and you're active, oh. that's when it makes that you know yeah, exponential jump. Yeah, because people know you jump. can respond, yeah. and interact, and that and- was just 
It was crazy. Because you were America's favorite house guest, so you probably got quite a bit of love. And I bet you a lot of girls thought you were very cute. <laughs> no, it was just... It was just re- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that aside, is that, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying it was just overwhelming. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And having that many like messages... No way you're going to go through all the messages that are in there. Like It's impossible, right? And And it's just being in that world now you know but anyway so that just kind of happened to us and we've been able and blessed to be able to take advantage of that and there's been so many opportunities that Mm -hmm. have come from that Mm -hmm. and then going from where we were to now and kind of knowing the ins and outs of it it, it's really interesting um but i've actually been removing myself from the world of social media because you have for for you it's it's what uh, you've been doing for like Almost a year now. Slowly. Yeah, and I and I enjoy it though. I enjoy like I used to hop on Instagram, just like read a bunch of stuff and look at a bunch of stuff and you know whatever. Even with like facts and all that, but now I, I've just I've really just enjoyed not doing it. Right? Yeah. I don't know what it is, and 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 it's nothing against the social media industry. Obviously, it does really well for us. I mean, right? there's actual stars who don't have Instagram, yeah. so. There is some type of therapy in not having it. And I think if you weren't doing so well with it, right, that you would enjoy not having it. Oh, I I think that's totally true. You know what I mean? I think if I had never gone on Big Brother, it wouldn't be a big deal. I probably Mm -hmm. still would not have a Twitter. Definitely not. I think Twitter is a terrible place. I don't even have a Twitter anymore and that Um, feels great. Yeah, so, and I would probably, I loved, always loved Instagram because it was sharing photos. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be really artsy um, with my photos because I've always been like vintagey, yeah. weird, unique, and now that's like the trend. Um, but I have pictures of me in high school where I was dressing up with rollers in my hair, trying to do the Marilyn Monroe look with like mm. big pearls. And that was way back in like 2008. And I would take pictures of me by a wishing well. And it's like hilarious because I always, that was just always me, whether there was Instagram or not. And now that I can share my little bit of unique weirdness and like I dress a little different than everyone else, yeah, I think I'd keep that up. But the pressure of um, all the other pressures would be gone of social well, and, media. And you'd probably still be private. Private and I wouldn't. Yeah, I think, yeah, private and everybody I would know. That's, exactly. That's I had like five, I had 500 followers before. This is while I was in college, you guys. Like yeah. It was just starting out. And that was like really cool. I was yeah. fine with it. Yeah. I remember having, <laughs> I had like 400 and, and nothing. And, and I wanted it to reach 11 so it would turn into 11 likes and not everybody's handle. Yeah. And like <laughs> yeah. When you get, even like on Facebook, I remember being like, oh, mm-hmm. 30 people like this picture. That's crazy. What do you think about, there's like a rumor, I don't know how true it is, mm-hmm. about Instagram taking away likes. Oh, what? I love it. I think that'd be crazy. I love it. I, I would post so much more weird content because... <laughs> the, the the judgment factor is not there. See ya. Yeah. yeah. And that's... And I don't... That That is... That's really bizarre to me because... And I also think... And I guess uh, this is a a topic of conversation that we can go down a tunnel with, but Mm -hmm. does Instagram actually make a percentage of the money that all the social media celebrities make? No. No. You know what I mean? Like all the money that's being spent by the companies in the Instagram space is not Mm -hmm. really made by them. So I know it benefits them because people are on the platform and using the platform, Mm -hmm. but... Is it really far-fetched to think that if they take away likes, people are going to leave the space? People are not going to leave the exactly. space. It's for mental um, health. Like the fact of somebody posting something and saying, okay, I only got five likes versus someone in the school, say your friend who gets 50 likes and it mm-hmm. makes you feel less... Insignificant. Yeah. And I think that that's a really great thing is just take it away and everybody post what you want to be or who you are and who cares who likes it? Mm-hmm. Like be you. I think that's more of less approval of others. Yeah. Right? That, that, and that's what... And we've had that conversation before. It's like that's really the downside, I guess, is that... Social media makes everybody compare everybody to everybody else. People will still always, they will always compare even before Well, this is just like on a bigger scale. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Opposed to like the person in town or that goes to your school, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's like the person that lives in another country. 
you know. Yeah, it's or like six billion people across the instead uh, of six hundred the other side of the you know the U.S. Right? It's like the pool of people is gigantic. Exactly. So I don't know. It it is pretty crazy. But we have our guest today is a technically our agent, but he was your agent first, Paul. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Paul from CEG, uh, and. And he has a breadth of knowledge and experience in the social media space. Mm-hmm. He he picked up Nicole after I think it was Big Brother 18. Yeah. And then when we started uh, dating, getting really serious, then he started, you know, getting me gigs and stuff. And so he has a unique insight to all this stuff. He's a professional in the space. Yeah. And he's, he's fairly, he's very young. He's too. very young, successful. He's, I think only 30. Yeah, that's crazy. And he, is he 30, 30 or 31? Don't be mad at me, Paul. <laughs> I, I know you're super young and I, I think it's on, I think it's 30, but I mean, we're, you're 28. So he's very close to your age mm-hmm. and, he, and my age. I'm 27. <laughs> and he has, uh, he represents people, you know, that have in the millions and millions of followers. Uh, mm-hmm. and so he, he knows the space really well and he's been in there for a while. So I hope you guys enjoy. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. Paul De Sisto. I didn't I didn't I didn't butcher that, did I? Paul De Sisto. De Sisto. De Sisto. Is that Italian? Yeah. Yeah, it's Italian. What yeah. what part of Italy? Um, so my parents are they actually grew up in like the Calabria area. So um that's actually they were born in Italy and they both came to the US um I guess when they were like, you know, ten, eleven years old. Mm. Okay. I lived in Italy for a little bit. It was a good time. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm I'm assuming you're talking about mainland Italy because I'm not – I mean, I live there, but I, I don't remember everything from there. Yeah, so they were like – I guess um, there were a lot of farms from where they grew up. So I'm not – I haven't been to where they were born or raised. Um, every time I've gone to Italy, it's always been Rome or the Mafi Coast. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, they were like kind of more in the farmland area. Okay. Okay. So to give our listeners a little context of who you are and why we have you on the show. So basically you are an agent in the social media world, right? Is that, is that what you consider yourself like an agent of sorts? Um, yeah. So it's funny because there's a lot of titles, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our agency has actually been around for 20 years before oh, wow. social media was, was a big thing. Um, and we've always specialized in reality and pop culture. <clears throat> What's interesting is that 10, 15 years ago, if you were on TV or if you were big in pop culture, the way that you made your money. So anyway, just so the listeners know, an agent, mm-hmm. our job is to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is we provide opportunities and we also help develop careers of celebrities. So, you know, our company 10, 15 years ago, before this whole Instagram, Facebook thing blew up. Um, The way that we would make money um, for our clients would be through book deals, podcast deals, appearances, traditional forms of marketing, advertising, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So even though I am a, you know, I would say I specialize in social media, we do almost everything for our clients in terms of personal appearances. If one of our clients wants to release a book, we can do that, Um, develop podcasts, you know, negotiate a TV contract place them in a movie, help them with hosting, those types of things, just because our company has been around for so long that we have experience um, and we have different departments in our company. So that's what we do. But to answer your question, recently, the last four to five years, um, we have been specializing heavily in the social media space just because of how big it's gotten. And we were technically the, the first people to really blow it up and really monetize it mm-hmm. um, before anyone else could catch wind of it. Oh, wow. And that actually is what brings us <clears throat> to us, right? Brings you to us because that's how you met Nicole. And yeah. I guess what's the – Nicole, what's the backstory? Or Paul, what's the backstory with you guys? Because it was you guys and then it was plus one, which was me. Well, later. I think when I first got <laughs> off of the show, it was – I had like maybe 300,000. Big Brother, right? Yeah, off of Big Brother. It was like 300,000 and I was just doing... 300,000 what? Followers. Okay. So then I had some opportunities. I went back to work and I had opportunities to do some things. But you had no idea what was going on with those followers or what to do with no. that stuff. No, and so I would just get emails from random companies asking me to do... I mean, this was so bad. If you look at my advertisement photos, you cannot see the logo of things. <laughs> like I've come a long way. I'm just like, wait, what am I doing? I'm taking a picture with this nail polish. Okay, whatever. 
But then Paul came around after BB-18, and I got my crap together. Right, mm-hmm. Paul? <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely did. and Because um, I didn't have how- you, I don't think, I didn't have you at all until B- after BB-18, right? Big Brother 18? Yeah, no, it was yeah. definitely, um, yeah, it was a couple years ago. I think it was right after that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So how does that work for you guys? So I'm assuming you guys are, are, are have to be kind of in the know of like the, because you're, you're constantly, it's a business, right? So you're constantly trying to get clients, right? So that's the name of the game. Yeah. And so are you just like, all right, well, this show is on right now. These people are about to be off and be popular. I mean, Big Brother's on the lower spectrum of that. I'd mm-hmm. say like a... Like, you have a lot of Bachelor, Yeah, they have like millions people. of followers. Mm-hmm. So is it like that space you're like, okay, we got to get to them before somebody else gets to them type of deal? Or do they find you? Or how does that work? Yeah. Sure. So just give a little bit more info and context of kind of who we are too, because that ties into that uh, question. Yeah. The whole social media space... Um, about five or six years ago, it didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was some stuff on YouTube and also Facebook, but the whole Instagram thing right now is where the heat is and what everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. So five or six years ago um, on Instagram, all these companies and brands that you see sponsored, um, they didn't really exist in this space. And um, a lot of the brands that are spending heavy money in this space, the reason that they are is because of our company. So what I want to get at is brands like FabFitFun mm-hmm. and Diff Eyewear, um, two staple brands that have been in this space for, you know, five, six years. Um, we, uh, me personally, I did FabFitFun's. I did one of their first paid promotions ever. When, this, when FabFitFun had literally potato chips in the bag, like back in the day. <laughs> no um, way. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, our company was the first uh, was one of the first uh, businesses to facilitate those deals. Wow. So what I'm trying to get at is we're very good at working with companies that are baby companies and blowing them up. So someone like that, the fun, you know, like um, what they wanted to do, what they discovered was that reality and pop culture really fit their business model. The reason being is because there is a, if you're, on a reality TV show or if you're in pop culture, mm-hmm. most of your fans on Instagram are going to be women ages 25 to 40 in the United States. Oh, that's crazy. So, yeah. So here's the thing. If Nicole, who's on Big Brother, she's on TV, most of her fans are going to be women in the U.S. So a lot of these brands that are direct to consumer, which means you purchase from the website, um, a lot of times it's women that purchase from these things. Mm-hmm. So these brands really like working with clients like Nicole who are from reality pop culture that have this women fan base because it generates sales. Okay. So what I'm trying to get at is brands like FabFitFun or Defy where you name it, like uh, they, they started off five, six years ago doing that. And then it worked for them working with Nicole and then they'd want to work with other people similar to Nicole. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing, you know, like Nicole had a, has a great base and she's grown organically over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question about how we find clients, um, a lot of times we have the most opportunity and we created and developed the opportunities uh, before anyone ever worked with these certain brands. So a lot of people do come to us because we're ahead of the curve by at least two years. Mm-hmm. So when I bring opportunity to our clients... Um, it's a new brand or it's something new that no one's ever heard of before, not something that people have been doing for the last four to five years. Yeah, okay. And that makes sense. And and it's interesting because about how much money is in this space, let's say? Because I know it's a ton of money. I think money. it's like 20 million. No, that's a that's in baby. In a couple years. That's baby money. No, it's not. Yes, it is. How much? It's it's billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Maybe 20 billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's billions. We have clients that make uh, that are literally haven't been on TV in four years that make seven figures a year. Wow. They have like over a million on Instagram and, you know, they have families that, you know, they'll be married, have kids and they make over seven figures every year. And that's everything. That's through Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, and, you know, podcast. What we really like to do is if we see someone that really works, we like to develop careers and provide long-term money versus, Hey, you're off this TV show. Let us just give you some quick money and burn out your Instagram and that's it. Yeah. Um, we like to work with people long term and develop them. 
So we have contacts to help people blow up a YouTube channel um, for free. And then we have contacts to release a book or give them strategies on how to grow their pages or partner them with brands that'll partner with them to help them develop. So we're in it for the long game because there's way more money for everybody, more opportunity long-term versus short-term. Yeah, and that's what that's what interests me a lot about Nicole because I feel like Nicole and, and there's a few others, but just like, you know, obviously she's my fiance, so I know more about her, but in that space of Big Brother because like the, the, the Bachelor and Bachelorettes, that's like next level. But somebody like Nicole that's been able to monetize that for like the last five or six years, like that's pretty crazy. Um, cause a lot of times you see somebody get off of big brother and it just fizzles out. Like I don't nearly do, I mean, I, I've been moving away from social media and I do things from time to time, but Nicole has been able to stay consistent. Um, and is that like, but while staying true to myself, like, I didn't have to move to LA or New York or any, or anything, which is kind of cool. I guess I just got to be myself always throughout this whole thing. And yeah. I'm, that's what kind of surprises me is that I didn't have to like, try really hard and I'm really grateful for like my last five years of being able to have this be a form of way of making money instead of you know working night shift as an ER nurse yeah so I guess my question to you is do you typically see especially when it's on the lower spectrum of I guess I I mean depending on the show or the followers or the type of followers that it just fizzles out a little bit faster than others so it depends but there's really like when you get off TV, like a lot of times, like let's say the show ends in September 10th, right? Uh-huh. You really have to. What happens those next two or three months is really important um, because you have the opportunity to monetize and grow or to monetize and literally just burn out, put a bad taste in your fans' mouths, and yeah. then they leave you. Yeah. So we do so much volume and so much business that we kind of have a pulse for, hey, this person's off TV. They should do these types of promotions with these brands because they will not hurt them versus, hey, you know, take this higher paying deal, but it would hurt them more and put a a worse taste in their fans' mouth Mm -hmm. or, you know, and and potentially set them up for failure. So the way that we've been able to do it with Nicole is partner with brands and companies that are true to her and, you know, that are natural and people, you know, things that she believes in versus just jumping at any opportunity yeah. that people would think is just off. And, you know, people love, you know, Nicole is very true to herself and true to her life and shares her real life story and she's relatable. Um, that's what really sticks. She's not like you mentioned, she didn't move to New York or L.A. where she's living this, you know, lifestyle that. Um, most people can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she still lives in her home state, and she, you know, she does still work as a uh, Nicole. Do you still work as a waitress? No, as a nurse. No, she's still I mean, nurses. I went to. I went. I was a waitress for a little bit because I was like, oh, this will be fun. I don't. Not fun. It was not fun. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, she stayed true to herself, and she has a beautiful fiance. Is oh, very charismatic. She, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but even that story is beautiful. You know, like people love relationships, engagements, marriages, and families. Um, her fans and just this space in general, what keeps you active? They're women fans in the United States that are just going through these, going through the exact same things that you are, Nicole. They're getting mm-hmm. engaged. They're getting married. They're getting puppies. They're you know, they're, they're moving out, they're buying new houses, they're starting families. So essentially your Instagram and Victor's, uh, it's, it's, it's an, it's basically your own TV show. It's, it's of your life Mm -hmm. and it's interesting. And what you guys need to do, it's, it's people really relate to it and you just don't want to saturate it with trash and, you know, being able to monetize a healthy balance with good content and sharing your real life. Yeah. And posting things that just don't turn off your fans that aren't you, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the key to success and developing long-term strategies to maintain, mo- you know, being able to make money four years from being on TV is, it's hard to do. It's not something that most people can do. And, you know, that's something that you've been incredible at doing. And and that opens up like five doors of questions. Um, but the first one, which is what you were just talking about, people, you know, the, the, the being relatable, right? The buying the house, having a kid, whatever. At what point 
does being, let's say, being in that space, right, a social media influencer, whatever, you, you know, the, the actual name for it is, is doing these things purposefully to gain more followers opposed to letting it happen organically. Like, hey, baby, let's have a baby right now. <laughs> no, people. You know, or yeah. let's, ha- let's, let's buy a house. Let's move in together. Let's get a dog. Let's, and let's make all these things happen right away so we can expand our base or is it like, all right, you did all that a little too fast. Like be a little bit more realistic and, you know, keep people, you know, you get what I'm saying? Do do you see that all the time? This is a great question. Um, And I'm actually really excited to answer it because I have a great answer for it. it. You know, there's so much going on on Instagram and there's so many people that want this. There's so many people that'll go on TV or they want this fame because it's just blown up and people think that it should be given to them that the ones that really, really want it are the ones where it comes across that they really, really want it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and for them, it blows up in their face. Mm. Most of our clients that are most successful in this space, they were on TV or they lived their lives and this space found them, not the other way around. Just like you, Nicole, this yeah. space found you, mm-hmm. not, not these new celebrities found this space. Right. And it's interesting to think about that because a lot of times – there's so much content on Instagram and you're working with a lot of millennial women, men and women on, on, on social media that they're able to, you know, they have a, you know, they're able to detect basically like, you know, if it's true or if it's not true almost immediately. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, your TV show, like I was mentioning, your, your social media. Mm-hmm. So people are really like, they they relate to your struggles, not mm-hmm. so much your success. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a family and have a kid, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that if a woman has trouble or is talking about really trying for a baby because of something that she really loves and wants, mm-hmm. that struggle is actually what's valuable. Not so much having the child, even though that's amazing, but people really connect with that struggle because there's so many women out there that you know, want to have a family or try to have a family and mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen yeah. in 24 hours. So yeah. to answer your question, it's the realness that people relate to and people are really able to, they're able to detect right away if someone's organic or real versus someone being fake and just in it for the quote unquote insta fame or mm-hmm. the, you know, the insta dollar, so you speak. Yeah. And I can notice, I follow people more so now that don't have like the perfect grid, like they're dressed up in the perfect outfit. Their hair is perfect. Their makeup's perfect. They're in a perfect location. It's hard for me to like want to see that every day. Not that I think, oh, it's like great for them, but it's also, well, I'm nowhere. Trying I'm to not, compare yourself yeah, to that. Yeah, well, I'm just like not doing that. So I do like to follow the realness of like no makeup selfies, baby, you know, having babies or struggles in some mental health or whatever. It definitely, I'm like, that person's so real. And to put that out there is, I mean, it's not very easy. So I do really love when people do that. Um, Life isn't perfect and it's full of challenges. Mm -hmm. And that's what people actually, like, they relate to. Yeah. Not the perfect Instagram photo that is Photoshopped and airbrushed and with the perfect body. Exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah. People might aspire to eventually have that, but it's not relatable. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's the difference between really connecting to your fans on a long-term basis versus a short-term one. Yeah. And, and do you think that the space now is, there's too many people trying and it's, it's getting the space saturated or do you think it's at a good spot now? And like, if, if you're able to make it, that's great. And it's like, but not everybody should be trying so hard because I feel like everybody wants to be Insta famous and it is like a new celebrity thing. And it's like, like you said, like let it kind of happen, but I guess there is some form of trying if that's what you're going to do, right? Because there's people. Do you work with bloggers, like people who build up their following, like through um, what their and outfits I'm, of the day and all that? And stuff. I'm tired of seeing a blogger on there and people's <laughs> info, you know, fashion blogger, food blogger, whatever, and, and they have like 15 titles in their, you know, in their description. It's like, all right, what's your identity? <laughs> You're 100% right. And I mean, we do work with bloggers um, yeah. in our company. Because they work hard. I feel like they work super hard at it. Like, but in a good way, not 
they have to work hard. There's so many bloggers. What makes them different from other bloggers? And I know I have a friend, Victoria, who is a blogger, and I see how hard she works to get the perfect shot of a photo, and it will take all day to get that perfect photo. And then she has to edit, and it's stressful for, like, little return. So, anyways, I just wanted to add that. (laughs) It just seems hard. It's hard. It is hard. uh, But here's the thing. For everyone listening, um, there's two types of businesses out there. The business that um, a lot of reality, pop culture, real, relatable um, Mm -hmm. typically do are businesses that are direct to consumer. So like brands that sell off of websites and, you know, you work with large brands and large opportunities all the time. Mm -hmm. But bloggers are typically hired because let's say a large corporation wants that perfect picture. So mm-hmm. they'll give a blogger X amount of money and, but you know, it's great that they post it on their Instagram, but what they're really buying is that content. They oh. really want that photo or video. So the oh, blogger that's cool. Thinks, yeah. Yeah. So, and then that company, that large corporation will use that photo, let's say on a flyer or on their website or on their social media. So instead of them, you know, hiring crews to get professional content, it's so much easier for them just to reach out to a blogger. And to get that content basically emailed to them. And also the bonuses that they post on their Instagram also. Yeah, so and you know the, that they really like the photo. It's going to be a good photo because there's a lot of competition. It's their that's, job. that's really yeah. smart. Yeah. But the thing is, with to work with those big companies, there's a lot of red tape with it. And it's not as consistent as mm-hmm. the brands that you're working with. You mm-hmm. could work with brands as many times or as little a month as you want. Mm-hmm. Bloggers really have to work at it have a certain aesthetic or identity, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not as consistent. There's so many bloggers out there that want to be what you're doing. Um, we talk to them all the time. They want to do more of what you're doing, but because they have that certain aesthetic, they fit better for different brands, Mm -hmm. which is fair. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. completely different businesses. And, and what's with the disconnect between the male and female payout there or lack, I guess, Females make so much more money and they get hired so, I guess, more often in that space than guys. Uh, is there is there a particular reason or is it just because that, oh, well, most of the people that buy and that follow are females? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, think of it this way. Your Instagram, your social media is like a TV show where like, like a QVC or HSN where like if you do promote a product, right, you have women fans – but you have a, Nicole's a woman host, right? Promoting mm-hmm. products. It's way more relatable when a woman promoting a woman product to a woman audience mm-hmm. um, promotes something because there's sales. For males, it works if you have a female co-host with yeah. you, right? So on your Instagram, if Nicole helps you promote a product, it, it, it just, you know, it, it helps sell it or basically show it off and show how it's both used in your lifestyle. But for males there aren't too many neutral brands that are gender specific. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you can work with, let's say a toothbrush because a toothbrush worked for men and women, but a man promoting a toothbrush, it would work. But most of the time this space is for women products for women fans. And that's why the women tend to be more in demand than the males because of that. Now, now it changes if you're a parent, a lot of our parents, uh, clients, the males have just as much opportunity as the females do because baby products, if a man or if a, you know, a man or a woman promote it, it's still for their child or baby and it works. Interesting. So we see a big shift in male revenue after they have children significantly. Hmm. Well, you got to get to making a baby. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're going to wait till we're married. It'll be a good time. Um, so also I was going to ask you, I know people that are listening are curious, well, talking about money and making money and not to call out specific people or anything, but there, there is a range between how many followers you have and I guess how popular you are to how much money you make. And what is, what is that? If you can give us like a couple, I guess, ranges of like followers to money per ad or something like that, because I know that's a question that if you're not in that space, well, you wonder all the time. Like That's, I, I guess, how- a good question, Vic, because I think people always think that we sell our soul and stuff like because we're okay let's just say i do promote products that i like and that i use Mm -hmm. there are times i say no you know this product isn't for me and but it's not i don't know what people i guess i don't know what the 
person following me thinks that... Oh, I was just thinking just... Is that what you're asking? No. I, I was just straight up just asking what is that going rate for like oh. depending on... Because if you're like I was saying, if you're not somebody that has social media and you're just following, I know you have people have that question all the time. I wonder how much they got paid for this. You know what I mean? Um, but at the end of the day, I think what you're talking about is more well, like... No, that's what I'm talking about as a follower is like, oh my God, why... what. She posted this. No, but I think you're saying it in a completely different light. You're oh. more so like saying, oh, you know, why are they posting this? Do they really sell their soul? Which <laughs> I don't care when people say that because it's like if you got offered X amount of dollars and to do like something, you would do it. You and know? you like, yeah, it's like, why But that's not? not that's not my okay. question at all. all I right. just want to know like the average going rate for like different ranges. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is with ranges, it's hard because if someone has a million followers and they're getting like 4,000 likes on their photos and they have really low engagement, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the same as you hiring someone that has like 150,000 followers and getting like 20,000 or, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard because, um, there is no formula for mm. rate. It's kind of like market value. It's like the stock market, right? Like how hot is this person? How much are the buyers willing to spend for this person? Um, but generally speaking, if someone has normal engagement and they have, you know, if they're over a million, um, Instagram posts can range, let's say you're at a million or a million five on your Instagram. I mean, Instagram posts will range from 10,000 to 25,000 for photo posts, if not more sometimes. Oh, wow. Um, and then generally speaking, um, Instagram stories, if you're in that range with, you know, decent engagement, um, you can get anywhere from 7,500 to 15 or even 20,000 on for an Instagram story. Um, and what's interesting is that, um, and again, that that's like at the higher end Mm -hmm. than someone that's, you know, maybe it's a family that just promoting, you know, products in the, in the child space or whatnot, or a service that just really wants to work with this person. Um, but you know, it's, it's something where, um, there is no real answer because it's a market rate. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And that's kind of, I mean, that's eye-opening. I mean, now it, when people hear that, it's like, oh, that's why people want to be social media mm-hmm. you know, famous because there, there is, that is a living. I mean- It you, is like you, almost a dream, honestly, because you can stay home with your kid and- Well, in, you, in the grand scheme of things, you can literally do two posts and you've already made more than the average person makes in a year. You know, that's it, Here's what's interesting though. Like it really works well for the people who- don't try like Mm -hmm. that it just happened to Mm -hmm. because here's the thing too if a brand is paying you 15 or twenty thousand dollars for an instagram story Mm -hmm. and you don't have that connection to your fan base and they don't see any website traffic or you know that they if if the brand because they track sales and conversions right Mm -hmm. so if you if you guys do an instagram story like hey swipe up or use my promo code or you know check this brand out and within a day or two they don't see any sort of um traction they're going to be like, wow, we just blew through all this money. And do they have fake followers? Like, what's wrong with their yeah, page? Yeah. And these brands, they're all friends with each other. They're all out of, you know, in New York City, there's mm-hmm. all the marketing agencies are within, you know, our offices in Times Square. So within a mile of us are all the major um, marketing agencies. So they know and they're all friends. They all talk. And in LA, a lot of the brands in, in this beauty space too, they're all within, you know, I would say, 30, 40 miles of each other and they're all friends and they all share data and tips. So it's something where um, the cream really rises to the top mm-hmm. and people catch wind real quickly if it's good or bad, so to speak. Huh. And then so speaking of that, that that you know, that piqued my interest in another space. So just dynamic wise of of the people that you are managing, do you feel or do you see sometimes, and I wouldn't obviously say for everybody, but sometimes you see somebody gets in this space because, you know, they have this popularity and the, their head gets big and and then now it's like, all right, I'm trying to I have to force them to do things, right? They think they're too good for the space or or they're taking it for granted or you gotta like babysit a little bit while you're doing this stuff and then you're like, ah, maybe this is not for us type of deal so your question is like there are people that are like that mm-hmm. so basically how do we manage that is what you're asking yeah because that that, that yeah. has to be like tough right because there is there is value there but is mm-hmm. it work is it worth the worth work yes um so here's the thing you know we are a large company um we have 
dozens of agents and we have tons of staff in our office and time is money, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, it's a two-way street in any business. And if we're, we're putting in energy and time to help someone and develop them and they don't care, you know, we're going to stop putting energy into that person if they don't want to, if they don't care, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But if, and that's just what it comes down to, because at the end of the day, it's our reputation too. If we're the ones that are really pitching you and selling you guys, being like, listen, you should work with this person because they're great to work with. They're really engaged with their fans. They have a great following. Mm -hmm. And that person doesn't perform or doesn't send content or is the complete opposite. It reflects on us. And we are number one and we have the best, uh, we literally have the best reputation in this space. And everyone will say that, especially because we've been around for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, we're very strict with how we operate with our clients too. And they know from day one, you know, if, if they're not, if it's not a two way street, um, we're not going to put energy and time or, or chance ruining our reputation as well. Mm. Yeah. And that and that makes sense. And I feel like you, as a because you've been in this space for a while, and you're and you're you know the everybody speaks highly of you. I mean, you do a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that. I've I've heard that you know countless times. But you're on the clock like 24 hours a day. Like you're you're never off the clock. And and somebody can <laughs> yeah. There's times I've texted you and you're like in a different country on vacation, and I'm like freaking out. <laughs> yeah, you're like a you're like a you're not only an agent, but you're like a therapist, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're everything yeah. for everybody. Is that <laughs> Is that exhausting or is that, do you just thrive in that environment? Cause you have to be, you have to be able to read people and be able to talk people down and, and make them relax. And cause yeah, this can be stressful and I, and in many different ways for, for the, in social media person and for you, but you're just never off the clock. You know, it's, it's weird because growing up, I, you know, I was always, and I still am a very, very hard worker. I've worked through drive-thrus. I've worked in kitchens, washing dishes, you know, growing up, I've worked waiting tables, bartending, you name it. Mm -hmm. And I just grew up where I had this ethic of, you know, and I also grew up in Trenton, New Jersey when I was a kid. So like, which is a very, very poor, broken city. So Mm. I lived in Trenton, New Jersey for 10 years, gang members, you name it, everything there. Um, and I was young. Okay. I was, you know, I moved out to a great location when I was older, um, when I was like 11 or 12, but you know, I just, I, I'm cut from a different cloth <clears throat> and I'm also able to relate to people on a personal level because I, you know, like I, I'm just a very, you know, I, I feel like I'm very down to earth and my head's not big, like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, this doesn't really feel like a business to me. Um, this is just my life. Um, this doesn't feel like work. It's my life and it's your lives. And it's something where um, I think what's really helped me is having a great staff that, you know, we have a lot of employees and just just people in our office that are so good at this, too, that it really just makes the flow perfect and and whatnot. So to answer your question, um, you are right. I am, quote unquote, on the clock, but. I don't ever feel like I'm ever on a clock. I don't okay. feel like a clock exists in my life. Mm. That's good. That is, that's, that's a dream. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that is really a dream. And I guess, uh, I guess one more question that I have, because I know people are always trying to get, not only just be a social media person, right? But trying to be an agent, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. is it is it interesting for you to see people trying to get in the space that you're in, uh, yeah. trying to manage people and trying to get people from shows and just kind of seeing them like, well, I don't know if you're going to make it or you're, the style that you're working on or, or what you do. And then people will speak bad on other people's name that don't even know you, right? right? And so is it is it weird seeing people trying to hop in this space that you've already been in for such a long time? So like I mentioned earlier, we're two years ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. So what's the stuff that we're working on now um, are things that no one's even going to be exposed to, at least for another year or two. Um, so honestly, it's, you know, cream, like I mentioned before, especially in this space, cream rises to the top. And, you know, it's just something where um, the opportunities that we provide and also the strategy and just the long-term growth versus short-term, it really reflects on our clients and what we do. Like Nicole, there's a reason why you've been able to monetize for four years. It's Mm -hmm. just because 
we see the future, um, we know if something's not working to stop that and to try something different. If Instagram is starting to sh uh, shift and do something different, we will, before anyone else, change um, the paid, I guess, you know, sponsor content. So maybe it's not an Instagram post anymore, maybe it's Instagram story. Maybe things are shifting to Instagram Live or mm -hmm. IGTV, et cetera. Or if, you know, this new platform's starting to blow up, I'll be like, Nicole, call you guys up. Like, listen, you guys need to get on this platform because this is going to be the new hot thing mm -hmm. three to six months from now. We kind of have a crystal ball and we can see into the future one to two years from now. That's Which awesome. is why, yeah. yeah, it's just because we talk to so many brands and we mm -hmm. get so much data. Um, and, and you have good relationships with them as well. So they want to share that. Exactly. So this business is all relationship based. Mm -hmm. So we are always ahead of the curve. And um, that's what makes us different. A lot of people like you're mentioning, Vic, it's something where, you know, if they just want to jump in this space, it's hard. It's really, really, especially now. Um, it's it's getting harder and harder. And with Instagram changing the way it is, it's even harder. It's probably the hardest ever now to maintain and to grow something just with the way that with the changes. Because here's something interesting. Instagram, people can go up in followers and go down just as fast as they went up. We've seen people in the last year with the new algorithm change, if they're not doing it right, they'll be at a million followers and they'll drop 10, 20, 30% of their followers within Ooh, a year. Wow. Yes. So it's actually harder now than it ever has been. So, and, and people see that. So to answer your question, um, we are, you know, we have incredible staff. We can kind of see into the future, know what's coming and provide those opportunities that are things that no one have ever seen before. You know, if you guys are promoting products that have been on Instagram for four or five years, it, your fans are kind of bored of it too. And it's just mm -hmm. like you guys, but if you're promoting a new brand or a product or service, that's really cool and something no one's ever seen, it actually excites people. Um, so that's kind of the difference and why we're able to maintain the number one position and why we're always the first phone call that all these brands or marketing agencies or even celebrity clients, um, they call us for because of the opportunity that we provide. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, that's good. That's where you want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's awesome. I think that, I've this learned, was insightful. I'm learning so much, <laughs> even though I'm... Um, I'm on the edge of the space. Uh, mm -hmm. Nicole's definitely in the space. Uh, but it's still interesting to hear, even though we're kind of like in the end of it. Um, one more thing. I'm sorry. I'm bombarding you with questions. Yeah, he's got go to go to brunch. All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to let you go after this question. How ridiculous do you think? Because I think it's ridiculous. How okay. ridiculous do you think people buying, buying followers and buying engagement? How... Can you buy engagement? I think you can. Can you buy yeah. engagement? Oh, I have seen people buy so, buy comments, and they all have the check marks, and I'm like, wait, yeah. they have the same comment. Yeah, that's weird. How how are all these? <laughs> how how does somebody get like 15 verified people to comment like a thumbs up or great job, and it doesn't or something that doesn't even correlate to the <laughs> the <laughs> post that was just made? Like that's so weird, right? Yeah. So here's the thing: if a brand is spending money or companies spending money, there's so much software and technology out there right now, okay, that can detect that in two seconds. Oh. That's yes. good. That's good. So so if it was like two or three years ago, it was a different story. Now, even myself, like if, we're, if someone reaches out to us and they're like, hey, Paul, we want to make money. Here's my Instagram page. We, we can literally run them through a couple of different software or websites and it, it literally shows us if I could tell in two seconds if it's fake, if it's real and whatnot. Mm. Um, so to answer your question, a lot of people do buy followers and it's really dumb because <laughs> yeah. and it's easy to do. It's, it's, it's really easy to do. I mean, you can probably go on eBay and buy yourself some fake followers, right? Um, but think of it this way. When you buy fake followers with the Instagram algorithm, if you're at a million followers and you go up to a million too, Technically, you're, you have a ratio. Let's say you get mm -hmm. 100,000 likes to a million followers. That's a 10% ratio. Now, if you're at a million two and 100,000 likes, that's like, you know, an 80%, you know, it's like an 85% ratio. Yeah. What I'm trying to get at is if your engagement doesn't increase with your followers, it actually hurts you. Oh. Yes. Engagement and also, is like the new, is the key, not the follower count. It is correct. Mm -hmm. And also here's what's interesting. Um, Instagram 
is able to detect if you have fake followers, your engagement will drop. So if you buy, let's say, 200,000 followers and you post something. Holy shit, you can buy 200,000 followers? Yeah, you can. It's very easy to. Wow. <laughs> if you have the money for it, you can buy yourself a million followers. <laughs> but the thing is, if you buy those followers, your engagement is going to drop because now you have fake profiles that's you know seeing your content and mm -hmm. not reacting to it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people actually purchase fake um, followers or, or, or whatnot, it actually hurts them significantly. Yeah, and it, I can totally see engagement. that. Yeah. I think I'd rather have a smaller following, but people who are more invested in me than all these people who are just like kind of like haters that are following and don't care Yeah, type thing. You know, I'd rather have people want to engage in what I'm doing, not just like stand by and watch. Exactly. So it's having more followers isn't always the answer. It actually is not the answer. It's just something where people really want to see a good, healthy engagement and that you're real. And it's very, very, very easy to detect if someone is fake or whatnot. So to answer your question about the comments too, I mean, that's just probably something you just go and Google how to buy fake comments. <laughs> <to pop right laughs> <up. You know? laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I appreciate uh, the conversation today. And I appreciate everything you do for me, Paul. It really well, for us. Yeah, yeah, for us. I, I really do. I mean, even this podcast, that yeah. was like you helping us. We appreciate all the opportunities you give us. I could not speak highly enough of you. Anyone who asked me about you, you're the best. Yeah. So, no, and, and you guys are the best too. And I can't, you know, and that's the thing, you know, this is relationship based and we've been working together for so long. And honestly, the both of you have an incredible future with everything you have going on with your, you know, your wedding and just your lives. I mean, like, this is oh. a space that I know you've been really just crushing at the last three, four years, but it's going to continue probably for the next 10, 10, 15 or until Instagram, I guess, disappears. But <laughs> <If> <laughs> don't that, see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, if that happens, a lot of people would be out of a job and be freak out. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, no, thank you. We really do appreciate you. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to close out and say, Paul? Anything, any last words of wisdom? Um, you know, I can talk about the stuff all day long. But, <laughs> you know, honestly, the only thing I have to say is that it's it's the raw and realness that really rises to the top in this space. And, you know, from what I've seen and what I predict to, you know, see in the future, that's what's going to continue to be, you know, most in demand. And that's the secret sauce that, you know, both you guys have. And I think that's why you guys are so successful and will always be successful. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, Paul. We, we really appreciate that. And, and yeah, thank you for being on the show. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you. Uh, in a little bit. <laughs> and, any and any influencers that are listening to this and want to, do you want them to like reach out to your company? Because I know I'll probably, they'll be like, can I have Paul's email? Which well, actually, is on my profile. Yeah, it's on your profile. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't even think we, what is the, it's CEG, but what is the. Central uh, Entertainment Agency. Yeah, Central Entertainment Entertainment Agent. Group. Yeah. So if you want, if anyone does want to reach out to me, they totally can. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is paul at cegtalent.com. There you so, go. yeah, just totally email me and, you know, I'll, you know, I'm very good at emails and, and whatnot. So I'll get back to you right away and let you know if it's something that we could do in the future. All right. Awesome. Thank you for, so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you. Yes. And uh, thank you for taking your time out of your day. Have a <laughs> Thanks, good brunch. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. bye. I hope you guys really enjoyed the conversation with Paul. He's so great awesome um, guy. to talk to and a lot of insight. And another thing I want to add about social media is that recently I have been changing my perspective on it. Before I always thought, oh my gosh, like it's kind of terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but I am so grateful and I've changed my perspective to where I... I see it so much differently, which is the definition of perspective. So what am I trying to say here? Well, I see it more positive. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to share that I am different and I'm going to be fine with that. I'm going to share that I'm not perfect and I'm going to be fine with that. I am starting a Midwest Monday segment. I'm going to share where I live because a lot of time I get ridiculed for why didn't you move somewhere? You had so many more opportunities. Why are you trapped there? I'm not trapped here. I'm choosing to live here and I love it so much. And I'm yeah. going to share it with you guys. Um, and so I'm bringing more of me to Instagram instead of trying to bring, I think what everybody else is doing. Um, so I'm just changing my mindset on it and going to, hopefully you guys like it. Just be more Nicole. Yeah. Nicole that's good. You know, 
No, I, I think uh, I think that's awesome. So overall, with my content, I think that it's important to inspire others mm-hmm. definitely into being who they are and not making us feel like we all need to be the same perfect content creator. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm like creating content for me that is me. And also for others, but without the expectations of what others think. Like, if you guys think I'm weird, that's fine. fine. Be weird. Inspire others to be themselves. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Because for a while, I wasn't sharing my Midwest living. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I'm far away from Starbucks. Everyone knows that. But so I can't do this selfie Starbucks and all that. I can't relate. So I know there's a lot of us out there. So I'm trying to. A lot of people live in the country. Yeah. Relate to. To them, not everything is for city people, right? <laughs> You're absolutely true. You're absolutely true. There's that. I think that's the best way to describe it. Be yourself, so other people are comfortable being themselves, opposed to being perfect all the time, right? Or trying. No one's perfect, but like trying yeah, to overly trying to make, make everything your, perfect. seem perfect because yeah. everyone knows that's not true. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, and I, I think people will really respect that because like we were talking with Paul, like people do get tired of seeing mm-hmm. like, oh, your life is just perfect all the time. That is not real. And I realized you'll just kind of see what you want to see in, in whatever anyways, as far mm-hmm. as people's content or, I mean, just literally just be yourself. Yeah. There's nothing. That's the best advice I give anyone who's applying to big brother. Literally be yourself because they will see through anything else Anything being not yourself is hard. It's exhausting. It's difficult, and it's not gonna. It's not a long, like long term thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're not gonna be able to keep up the facade forever. And always work on improving yourself. That's what I do every day. Mm-hmm. That was good, babe. Pep talk there, everybody out there listening. So then I'm gonna give you an easy Spanish word of the day. Today. Okay, okay. Okay. I don't sh- like when you say it's easy. It's going to be because... so easy. You should be able to get it one okay, shot I don't like without that. even thinking about it. I'd rather you say it's hard. No, it's it's literally okay, easy. What is it? The Spanish word of the day is inspirar. Inspiran? Inspirar. Say it like I'd say it. Inspirar. Inspire. Yeah. See? Yeah, like a inspiración, inspiration. Inspiration. Ooh, yeah. I didn't get it. It wasn't easy. Yeah, see? It wasn't too bad. So, yeah, that's the, I guess that's the theme, trying to inspire you. And uh, and I hope you guys learned a little bit about social media, about the ins and outs of that, because that's interesting. Uh, Everyone always wonders, I think, uh, but they don't ever... Even I wonder. Like, <laughs> I wonder about the people who are way above me. Like, what do they like? Yeah, oh, no. what kind of thing? It, it's like it's almost like a question that people will ask, but they don't like really bother to go like Google it or to see how much people make or what. The and then this and is from are. someone who actually knows and like works in the industry. Yeah, so he, Google yeah. sometimes because when I Google it, sometimes it's not right. Yeah, because it, it's like it's not right for my statistics or whatever. Yeah, so nah, it, it, it's good stuff. So. Nicole, I think you have. I have a weirder normal. So last week you talked about pooping in front of each other, and I think it's pretty funny. So, (laughs) anyways, I was thinking, do you pee in the shower? And is that weird or normal? Because I bet you, statistically speaking, the population in America, anywhere, population in the world, I think more people pee in the shower but don't admit it. Yes, and I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. What do you I, think? It's like 60-40, 70-30? No, I think it's way more than that. Really? Oh, yeah. I think everybody. I think it's 70-30. I, I want to say most people pee in the shower. Seven out of ten, I would say. And, yeah. So you do pee in the shower? I do pee in the shower. So if you have to pee and you have to shower, do you pee first and then get in the shower or do you just like, eh, I'm in the shower anyways, I got to pee? It depends. Yeah. So, me like, too. if I really have to pee, I'm not going to hop in a cold shower just for the sake of getting in the shower and, like, having to pee in the shower. Yeah. Right? I feel like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll wait for the, but if it's like, eh, I kind of got to pee, but, you know, I'll just hop in the shower and I'll start showering, then, uh, okay, I'll pee. Like, it, but it's just, I don't know. That's just. What happens to me is I don't, you, I will pee before I go in the shower if I know I have to pee. Um, because like you said, I don't want to just hop in the shower and pee. But what happens is my showers are so hot that even if I pee before, I feel like it like makes me, I have to pee again <laughs> because it's so warm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't pee in pools and stuff. I think that's gross. That is disgusting. So, but it's just like, it kind of, I pee without even knowing I'm peeing. But well, it doesn't happen all the time. And also, I don't stand on the edge of the 
the tub and open the curtain and just pee into the shower. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That would be, if there, and I bet you there's some people that probably do something like that. I don't no know. No way. That would be really, that would be weird. Well, do you pee into the shower, not while you're in the shower? Because I think it would be hard to, for me to hold my, say I have to pee mid shower. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hop out soaking wet and go to the toilet and pee there and get everything wet. But I and holding it would be really difficult too. So you know, like when the water's running when you have to pee, mm-hmm. it's like really hard when you're showering and you have to pee. But so it, I do, but I'm not like, oh my god, I'm gonna hold my pee and sh- pee in the. You shower. know what's even worse when I'm in the shower and I have to poop, and then now now I have to make a decision, right? What do you mean? There's no decision to make. There is. I can either wait till I'm done showering oh, and use the restroom, or I can get out, dry myself, a quick dry. Use the restroom and then go back to showering. I will say that's never happened to me. It has happened to me on more than one occasion. And the problem is I don't want to be clean and then have to use the restroom like number two afterwards and then feel dirty again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that's a crappy situation to be in. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. That is. So I don't know. Let us know. Do you pee in the shower? Do you pee in the shower? shower? Like just be honest. I'm putting the poll like I always do on our Instagram page, Coco Caliente Podcast. Just vote. And I would always, I was embarrassed to admit I peed in the shower, say a year ago. I think I've really grown and just realized it's not that weird. Everybody is more alike than, than you think. And this is... Across the globe. Yeah, until someone you know I mean? says something and you're like, okay, you know, they say it. So mm-hmm. now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it now. Pretty, and, and I heard this on Dax Shepard's uh, uh, podcast, Armchair Expert, right? Um, and he was like, literally, no matter what country you live in, what mm-hmm. religion you are, no matter where you are, who you are, you wake up in the morning, you don't want to wake up in the morning. You know, the the wife, fiance, whoever is busting your balls and, you know, you're like, oh, I got to get through this. The kids are yelling and, you know, nothing, everything is pretty much the same. It's just in a slightly different place or, or in a different context, right? Mm-hmm. And it's then once you get out of your normal day-to-day stuff, like the little decisions that you make in between that, you know, that yeah, stuff, yeah. that might be different. But in the grand scheme of things, like, oh, I got to cook, I got to go to work, I got to, you know, oh, shoot. Now I got to go get the kids and why is the, why is the wife mad at me today? What did I do? I picked up the wrong, whatever. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. everybody has pretty much the same set of problems. Yeah, um, and they go through the same thing. So it's kind of interesting if you really think about it. Um, we're not all even that like different. So, even if that's from Dak Shepard, he's a celebrity and he goes through all this. He goes through too. all, you yeah. know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny to think about. But anyways, we love you guys. So, so much. The person listening right now, listen to my voice. Close your eyes. Not if you're driving. <laughs> and I just want to want you to feel the love radiating from my voice. Listen to my voice. Feel the love coming from my voice. A kiss on the forehead. You know what you need to record? Huh? A meditation segment. <laughs> Seriously, I would totally download and buy. That and was now, like really peaceful. I want you to... Slowly count down from 10 in your head. Actually, just close your eyes and I'll do it for you. 10, your eyes start feeling heavy. 9, your soul is slowly slipping into a deep slumber. 8, you can start feeling your body relaxing. 7, your muscles are relaxed and you're no longer tense. 6, your breathing starts to slow. 5, you can feel your body. Go- no, so that's it. Oh, I love it. I'm, I, okay, I want a coupon for that. <laughs> it just, Meditation It just sex. sounds so much better because we have like the microphone and the filter and we have headphones on and everything, but that'd be funny. Victor's uh, meditation relaxation session. You should, uh, you seriously totally should. You should make it as like a perk uh, download for our listeners. A bonus episode. Uh... <laughs> meditation segment. <laughs> uh, no, but yes, we really do love you guys. So that's why we read our reviews uh, or we find one and we read one. If we could read all of them, we would, but... Take it away, babe. You want me to go first? Yeah, it's really awful. You typically go first, yeah, because I'm the one saying the... Okay, so this one is, oh my word, five stars from Allison. You two are incredible. Listening to you guys makes me feel like I'm just sitting at the table having a conversation. This podcast is my absolute favorite and I always look forward to the next. Thanks for being real. 
I like it. Thank it's you. simple I love and it. it's really you know, to the point, very kind. And, and that's what we try to do. We want you to join in on the conversation from your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, this one's titled Absolute Gems Heart, and it's by FF5 Has Got It Going On. FF5 has got it going oh, no. on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I never do these reviews, but I just had to express my love for this podcast. Woo. Nicole and Victor are some of my favorites from Big Brother. They are just so real and down to earth, and I really admire the way they communicate and continue to learn from each other. Mm. I loved hearing Victor talk about his time growing up overseas. My husband is in the Air Force, and we just spend, spent the last four years in Italy. Oh, that's hey, so cool. that's awesome. Yeah. We had... Such an amazing time there and actually had a little boy out there. Congratulations. We're stationed in Oklahoma now, but I love hearing how his experience was so positive. An exceptional podcast with even more exceptional human beings. Wow. We love you. That was so nice. That was sweet. I have a little, my, my eyes glossing over. It is. <laughs> um, no, but thank you guys so, so much. Uh, don't forget, always rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on that little purple app on your phone, the iTunes uh, podcast app or Apple podcast Yeah, I just app. do go to the search bar and type in podcast, and that's how I pull it up. Boom. Easy peasy. Uh, so you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, where you're listening right now, also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. You can always go to www.cogo.com com. you can listen there and you can always check out our merchandise uh, don't uh, forget to, uh, and make sure to follow us at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter and at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram thank you guys so so much hope you enjoyed thank you let's jump into Peppa's world of play Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.